Omnibus is a production of iHeartRadio. We are Ken Jennings and John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is The Omnibus. You have accessed entry 500.EX1202, certificate number 44270. The French Revolutionary Calendar. Quetzalate, Quattle, we sacrificed the wrong person. Now the Earth will be destroyed after the 13th Batoon. Let's see, uh, converting to base 10, assuming for the birth of Jesus, invent and then carry the leap years from Cliven, and the world will end in 2012. And it will be Obama's fault. First of all, if any kind of pedantry exists in the far future, which I assume it will not, no, that's no. Got, that's got to get bred out of the species. Yeah, or whatever species. Who is going to, I mean, hopefully there's not an internet where people can interject their comment about how you got the car license plate wrong. And certainly you're less likely to reproduce if you're always saying things like, you said less, but you mean fewer. Right. I mean, you're, you're pretty much out of the gene pool the first time you pull that in a grocery checkout line. Any circumstance where you say actually is going to decrease your chances to spread your genes. I got actually about Jeopardy yesterday on Twitter, and I really thought, what more do I have to do on this quiz show to not get actually about it? What was the actually? Oh, it was, I credited a specific Jeopardy champion with a, a certain level of greatness and was actually, that actually he, it was another guy who we should be appreciating. I see. I get actually on my Friendly Fire podcast all the time about I'll make some assertion that Churchill did a thing or that the Battle of the Bulge was a certain way. And boy, it attracts. I mean, war podcasts attract actuallys. They're thick on the ground. I would assume that actually the less actually, that uh, in reality. Mm -hmm. You you go ahead and tell me what you assume. The less important (laughs) the thing, like the more obsessive the corrections. Yeah, for sure. There are people out there that are watching war movies and saying, that is a later iteration of that gun. Right. You know, I can tell from the sights. The pedantic objection here to the title would be that the, the uh, calendar, the new calendar introduced at the French Revolution was never called the French Revolutionary Calendar, even though that's what it's commonly known as. What was it called at the time? I think they would have just called it... The new calendar. The calendar. calendar. It's uh, like, you know, it's like going to a Chinese restaurant in Beijing. It's just called a restaurant. I think they would have said, the, I think typically it's more accurately the French Republican calendar because uh-huh. it came with... The creation of the new republic, not with 
the beginning of the revolution in the streets. So we see calendars change quite a bit depending on who the rulers are. And obviously there's a Chinese calendar and there's a there are other calendars still in existence, the Jewish calendar. Jewish calendar, Muslim calendar, using different datings for years. Uh, in the West, we've been weirdly stable calendar-wise. I mean, the switchover from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar is actually kind of a series of minor tweaks. But the, 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 the Julian calendar was just fine. And even the Julian calendar was just a series of minor tweaks over what the Greeks used. So our general idea of how our calendar works in our time, 360-odd days of 12 months, seven-day weeks. 30-day months, more or less. Yes. With some corrections. Right. So, those, and, so and the devil's a, in the details. And then a weird February. Right, because no number of whole number days is going to actually keep up with how long it takes the Earth to go around the sun because there's a fraction there. But why aren't, why don't we have two months? With, of, of 182 and a half days each. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's, what? Is that your new system? What? It's January and Kenuary. <laughs> I mean, maybe as the magnetic pole changes and the earth starts orbiting the sun faster and faster and faster. Well, first of all, our hair will all blow back and we'll all, we'll all look like uh, Ed Grimley. No, I mean, why are, uh, why are two of the 31 month days, not 30 month days so that February could also be a 30 month day? I see. Yeah. So you've got weird kind of cultural relics going back in our calendar. And it really is because it's super ancient. Like the Babylonians came up with a seven day week. So we still do it. There must be something inherent, as we talked about in the indigo entry, something inherent to the number seven. Because even in far-flung ancient China and Japan, people seem to like a seven-day week, maybe because of the seven objects in the heavens. You know, to this day, we have Sunday and Moon Day and Saturn Day. So even the seven-day week, which is not tied to any astronomical constant, seems to be pretty constant. Um, because it doesn't line up with a lunar month. Right. Which, the lunar month would be about twenty-eight days, but you would assume that that would be the that would be the basis, right? A lunar month. Maybe that's the problem. You start with twelve twenty-eight days, and then the math does not work out right for a full year. At that point, you're you know twenty days short or something, right? So either what do you want a new shortened month? You want to make them all a little longer, and this is where you can start to get into some arguments. But I, I'd like one short month. Uh, what would you do with a shorter month? We well, do have one short month. We have February. Well, right, but a lot shorter month. Like a 20-day month? Are you saying you want Black History Month to be even shorter, John? That's not okay. <laughs> no, I'm saying I want a party month. Oh. Right? What if there's an entire month, short month, they'd call it, or short mo? It's called Vengabus. Yeah, Vengabus. And they just play that Venga Boy song over and over all month long. It would be a month where nothing, like, every nobody worked. It would just be the best month. They have that in Europe, like right. <laughs> mid to late August. We don't have that here, but you know, go to any empty European city at the end of the summer. Right, they're all in the Algarve. Uh, yeah, that seems like a better arrangement. Like, make it a strict lunar calendar and then have a party month. Well, a lot of the things we think of as as kind of constants in our calendar, including the weekend, are are actually kind of a new. Arrangement. The, right, the weekend's like a 19th century or even yeah, er, early 20th. Yeah, I think early 19th. It, it, didn't, it certainly did not spread to America for 50 or 100 years. But yeah, I think in the early 19th century, you know, the early days of the Industrial Revolution, that's, you know, the first time people were like, you know, my, my job at the loom sucks now. I could really use... An extra day. I could really use two days in a row off. Because it, it, until then... We always then, had Sunday. Until off. then, you always had your Sabbath, whatever that was in your... Or, or Saturday. Right. right. 
And in fact, that's a big reason why the French revolutionaries wanted to change the calendar. They, they thought our current calendar, which we think of as probably as pretty secular, as just dripping with Jesus. Oh, sure. Like they saw God all over the calendar. But there's a lot more Roman in it than than Christian. That's true. And they objected to that too. You know, one of the reasons why you want new names for months is because January is named for the god Janus and July is named for a, a, an absolute monarch. And, right. so, and so is August. So if you're really trying to purify the calendar, Soviet style, right. you really need to get into some of these names. You're emphasizing liberté and égalité. There was a lot of anti-clerical feeling bound up in the French Revolution because of the circumstances that led to it. Right. France is in a lousy economic state and the king is forced to convene the estate general to figure out a way out. The Estates General is kind of like a legislature, but it's kind of a scam because there are three different groups. You get one for the nobility, one for the clergy, and one for the commoners. Right. And the commoners are like, oh boy, this rules. And then they realize the clergy and the nobility pretty much always have the same interests and vote together. Right. And there are only 1,400 clergy in the right. entire ta- uh, country. So. so hundreds of thousands of commoners are like, wait a second. <laughs> and so they were unable to get any of their Reform. Reforms passed. And in addition to this, you have the rise of kind of an intellectual enlightenment class who is kind of personally offended that the French way of life, and in particular the calendar, is not as scientific as it could be. Um, and this is why the French Revolution also has moves towards decimalization and metrication. Is that a word? Metrification. Metricification. Mm-hmm. Met- maybe it is metrification. That actually seems right. Yeah. I, th- I thought you were doing a bit, but now, I, now I'm on board. what's your station? <laughs> so all the distances start to become kilometers. And it, it, this is also a secularist thinking that reason and science should have sway over the old traditions. The old traditions, of course, are also bound up with the Ancien regime. And, you know, this is, these are the temperatures we were using when the king was in. Right. Like, this is a new age. Why would we be using his crappy these temperatures? We don't, we don't have kingly temperatures. We have temperatures of the people. You know, the revolution was all about upstripping the power of the clergy for modern life. The peasants had had enough. So you see the Jacobins rededicating cathedrals as, you know, temples of reason, for example. And did they do, uh, during the French Revolution, did they do the very popular thing during a revolution where they stormed the churches and burned all the icons and desecrated them? Or were they much more, were they conscious of those things as also having art history? Yeah, I don't think the dechristianization of France was particularly Stalinist. Right. uh, You know, they wanted to have deists, you know, enlightened, restrained deist services in their their churches instead of Catholic mass. Right. They didn't eliminate God entirely. They just uh, eliminated the church. They want a more logical Vulcan God. Well, and like a lot of these attempts by a revolutionary culture to reform uh, the ancient regime... As you say, <laughs> regime. Did you just backward mask that? If, you if I say that backwards, are you going to be like, <laughs> worship uh, Jesus in your churches? <laughs> but they, you know, they tried to establish price controls on food, which created instability in the finance. You know, they eliminated private property in some cases. They, on the plus side, they eliminated slavery in the French colonies. But they did, they... Oh, what it was, I guess, was that they eliminated a lot of debt. <clears throat> they reformed the economic systems and they, you know, it was kind of like a fight club scenario. They just blew up all the banks. We don't have time for your anti-Bernie Sanders tirades <laughs> in this entry, John. I'm and, sorry that he wants to get rid of college debt, but. Anyway, it, it created like crazy runaway uh, instability in, in yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that happened with the dechristianization thing. It turned out that massive numbers of Frenchmen just wanted to go to mass. Right. So a lot of this stuff doesn't really take. But the calendar, they kind of stick with. Uh, a few years before the revolution, a French atheistic thinker and essayist named Sylvain Maréchal had proposed a 100% secular calendar. He wanted to keep Christmas, so here's his genius idea. <laughs> he realizes that Isaac Newton was born on December 25th. So 25th becomes Isaac Newton's birthday. It's, really? It's Mary Newtonmas. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine this. You can imagine the Starbucks cups. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, I guess you have apples instead of mm-hmm. uh, eggnog and cider and fruitcake. So, what was the what was the theme of the calendar? How did it work? How was it different from our past and present calendar? Right. So, this turns out to be the most determined attempt in the West to overthrow the calendar that we have seen in thousands of years. Because the government really throws its weight behind it, convenes this blue ribbon panel of scientists, not just scientists and mathematicians, but poets and playwrights to think about how do we put the spirit of La France into uh, the calendar? Oh, it's a velvet revolution. Essentially. So uh, wait, no, wait a minute, just to rewind, are you saying Bernie Sanders doesn't want a new calendar? <laughs> I haven't read all the way into his platform. Yeah, Bernie Sanders wants an 18-month calendar. Each month is named for a different Ben and Jerry's flavor. <laughs> oh, it's a happy birthday. It's the 5th of Jerry's Garcia. Junkie monkey. Junkie monkey. Um, in this case, so the, the scientists and mathematicians decide fairly quickly that the main thing you need to do is get rid of the Sabbath. Sure. So, you know, there, there's a lot of God in this calendar. But you don't want to get rid of one day off. Right. You You, just want to... You're going to have people mad if you get rid of one day off. And this kind of becomes the core of one of the problems with the calendar. But they go to 10-day weeks. Because then if you stick with a seven-day week, even if the Sabbath is not there, people will be like, wink, wink, this is the Sabbath. Right. So you really have to, from the ground up, you have to pull out the roots of it and say, guess what? Months are no longer four to four and a half weeks. So three 10-day weeks. which they call decades. And as you know, three is the magic number. I thought, is 10 not the magic number for an for a enlightened French revolutionary? Three is the magic number. Well, yes, it is. They didn't know that. <laughs> a man and a woman had a little baby. Uh, so they use the magic number of months, and they get rid of the days of the week. So there are no longer days named after false gods like Thor and Tyr and Saturn. Is it just day one, day two, day three? It essentially is. Primidi, duodi, tridi. It is the first day, the second day, the third day. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you'd really be like, thank God it's... Eighth day. Oh, wait a minute. Don't say thank God. Oh, that's right. Right. T-R-I-N. Thank Robespierre. <laughs> it's uh, non-idi. <laughs> and you really would be like, is today a fifth day? It right. feels like a sixth day to me. Is it really a fifth day? Right. It's only a fifth day? Yeah. Um, so how many days off were there in a 10-day week? So you get your 10th day off. Your decidi is a, the day off, and it's a day of, it's not a religious festival, but it's a day for the people or whatever. Right. There's also, I think, a half day off midway. You know, uh, you get kind of a half day on Wednesday. So the ratio is not bad. They're still getting about a full day every seven days off. Right. They, they actually get one half day extra. That is correct. Right. Excellent math skills. But it's still not a huge hit, I think, you know, because there's, if, if what you want is the full day off, there's a lot longer between full days off. Sure. And I feel like just a morning off, you're going to fill it. Think about it. You're going to fill it with errands. Your boss is going to say, I know, but can you come in? I would sleep in anyway. It's just three hours. Right, exactly. You wake up and the the day is gone. Uh, Did it grate against... I mean, as a musician, right, we, we have a... Is this the point of view we need to look at this from? From, a, from, from the, the point of view of indie rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, is something, uh, there is something perfect about a three-minute pop song. 
Yes. Um, as we've tried to have four-minute pop songs, there's something about three minutes that is as much as the mind can take in in pop song terms, or it's, it's, a, it's as much as it wants. It's kind of like Leonardo's ratios. You see, you see it in movies and TV as well. A movie right. about an hour and a half to two hours feels pretty good. 90 minutes long is great, and two, uh, two and a half hours is too much. TV seasons used to be 22 to 26 hours, and now we realize that's just crazy. That was only for commercial reasons. To tell a story, you maybe want eight to 11 of these. Right. So, so yeah, there does seem to be a perfect aesthetic of how long a thing should be. And is that also true of weeks? Did people just instinctively start to get antsy around... Uh, Setiand. Well, these are all people that would have come up with normal weeks, so it's hard to say. You know, if maybe a new baby would not be like, "This week's a, does this week feel long to you? Yeah, this week right. feels long to me." But for people who had had a seven day week, kind of built around the rituals of the Sabbath, this was seemed like a hard sell. Yeah, and of course, uh, that gives you only thirty days a month. It's a 360-day year. That, that gives you astronomical problems. Now, why wouldn't they do six five-day weeks? Because I think people would really jump on that bandwagon. Like, oh, whoa, it's, it's five days? More days off. Yeah, right. Yeah, they could have sweetened the pot. Sweet the, sweetened the pot a little bit. And that, five, five feels just as even as, as ten, although it's odd. You're thinking like a politician. You're thinking, how do I sell my program? I think, right. I think they needed you. Yes. Well, so many... They needed your ancestor, Jean-Baptiste Roderick. <laughs> so many past regimes needed me. <laughs> that's, that's your takeaway as you read history. Let's hope that the future regimes bozos. also need me. Don't forget to buy John's history bestseller, Look at These Bozos, <laughs> in which he considers every period of history that did not have his insights. I'm sitting and painting my Ronin and knowing full well I could have done a better job. So if you have 360-day years, obviously you're going to start to fall behind the, the procession of the seasons right. pretty quick. And they seize on a thing, which is pretty much what the ancient Egyptians did. I think the ancient Egyptians also had, you know, 30-day months with some leftover. So they would have five or six kind of festival days at the end of the year. This, is your, you sh- this is your short month. Short month. It's a much shorter month. But this is Janu- January. Short month. They would call them the five, these five or six extra days at the end of every year, the sans culottes, named oh, for the... Without the culottes. Yeah, people who don't have any culottes. The sans culottes were the, uh, it just means the pantsless, basically, the... the of course. The men without breeches. These were the kind of the... Men without hats, except without <laughs> pants. Men without hats, but upside down. Uh-huh. It's a very, very unsafe dance they're doing. These were... The, this is just the name for the uh, the urban, lower-class Parisians who were really the heart and soul of the revolution. Did they really not have pants? They were just flapping around. I've, I've seen those paintings of the revolution. That one girl doesn't have a blouse that stays closed, but <laughs> everybody else seemed to have pants on. That's how history cleans it up. They're like, we can't have these Parisians out in the street flopping around. Not with all these guillotines around. That oh, seems ouch. dangerous. Ouch. No, I think they didn't have a particular kind of the breeches that the upper class would uh, wear. Sure. I think they're just wearing whatever the cheaper peasant version of that is. Pajama bottoms? Sweats? Sure. No, I bet they're made out of jute or something really uncomfortable. <laughs> they're still wearing their jute. <laughs> Passed down from father to son. When it comes to meat, quality makes a huge difference in texture and taste. And even though it might be better for you and the environment, a lot of the higher quality meat you find at the grocery store is just too expensive for most people's budget. 
Thankfully, there's ButcherBox. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves access to high-quality, humanely sourced meat at an affordable price. That's why each month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of the finest cuts right to your home. Choose from 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar and nitrate-free bacon. No antibiotics, no added hormones, just meat the way meat should be. And right now, you can get two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon absolutely free plus twenty dollars off your first box when you visit butcherbox.com slash iheart or use the promo code iheart at checkout that's butcherbox.com slash iheart or use the promo code iheart at checkout so these six extra days salute the common man these are the sans culottes there's five most years, and there's the, the, the sextile, the six, mm. on years when they need to catch up, which is once every four years or every Franciade in the— They've thought of everything. They, they have a new patriotic <laughs> name for everything. It's not actually clear in the law how they're going to compute when to do one of these sextiles. Oh, because they're eliminating Christmas. Are they also eliminating New Year, where we normally put New Year's Day? They move New Year's, and I'll get to that in a second. But the idea of when you add your sixth year, is it really just, do you do it every four years like we were doing it in the past? Or do you wait until the equinox is now falling on the wrong day and you need to move it back? Right. Which could be four or five, depending on how long it happens. So the law was never clear. And, and spoilers, they never got to, you know. They, Didn't get that far? They have not had to work this out for <laughs> hundreds of years. So like a calendar that worked in the short term would have been just fine, it turns out. As for your, oh, and, the, uh, and each day of the uh, sans culottes has a different theme. It's kind of like Kwanzaa. Yeah. The first, is the, each one is a different fete, a feast or a celebration. And uh, at first it's the Feast of Virtue. But the rest are not actually based on personal attributes. Like you'd think it would be liberté, yeah. égalité. But in fact, it's like different axes, I think, of how you would want to measure the greatness of a French revolutionary. You know, there's the Feast of Virtue, but then there's the Feast of Talent, mm -hmm. the Feast of Labor, the Feast of Convictions. These things are not parallel at all. No, but uh, let me just say, I think the Feast of Virtue would be the most boring, boring of the feasts. Oh, sure, but you just got to wait because tomorrow the Feast of Talent is coming yeah. up and then that's when the lip-sync competition Yeah, is. that seems like the jazziest <laughs> of them. The Feast of Awards, weirdly. Oh, so it's just like Han and Luke walk up, get a, get a medal? Chewy doesn't. Let's get a medal day here in the French <laughs> Revolution. I assume that would be a day maybe for the granting of yearly honors by the state, maybe. Right, I see. And then finally- on Creating an elite class. No. All, everybody gets the same honors. All pigs are the same. Except for Wookiees. <laughs> and then the sixth day would be uh, the Feast of Revolution, which really means they couldn't think of another thing, I think. Right. Those seem a little sketchy, considering all the- Blue Ribbon Talent they enlisted. Shot hurled around the world. It was the feast of the revolution. <laughs> so you asked about when the new year would come. And this was very tricky. Do you stick with January 1st, which seems kind of, I mean, it could be science because it's kind of solstice-based. Yeah, why not? Well, but the thing is, why not just start it on December 21st or what, you know, start it on the equinox. Right. So that's what they end up, that's what they end up thinking. But the question then becomes, do we backdate this to the beginning of the revolution? Um, uh, like July 14th or whatever, the day we took Louis King Louis into, into oh, because, prison? Right. You want to, this is a revolutionary calendar. So it's year one, year two, right? Okay. They absolutely do that. Yes. They start with year one again, because again, the years are full of Jesus. Right. Um, you can't be this many years since the Messiah was born if you're like, actually, we're a little too smart for that mumbo-jumbo now. 
But if you started the new year on the equinox, Isaac Newton's birthday would come up immediately. It would come up during the feast days. And that seems like a, you're being robbed. It's Isaac Newton is being robbed. There's no way nobody, there's no way people are going to buy him two presents. Right. Isaac Newton there on, it's like feast of labor day. Come on, Isaac. Boring. Like we just gave you a, a, a new year's present four days ago. There's no way we're also getting you a Christmas birthday present. Well, now here's a question for you, because if I were in charge of the revolutionary calendar, I would put the four to whatever, four to six uh, feast days. days, yeah. I'd put them at the summer equinox, because isn't that where you want your days off? Your extra time. You don't want your days off in the darkest time of year. You want, like, to be able to frolic. Well, here's what these geniuses did. So your suggestions are absolutely right. Don't put the extra days in the dead of winter. Start at a scientific date. They decide to start on September 22nd, 1793, which, which is the, 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 the fall, the autumnal the equinox. equinox. It also matches the day on which the French Republic is officially founded. Oh, that's very convenient. So they managed to merge science and self-promotion, which is the two things you want in your revolution, you're right? Back, yeah, you're back to Bernie's platform. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> science and self-promotion, both standards. <laughs> And, but there was a lot of discussion, like, do we backdate it? Like, is this now year two? And that's what they end up doing. I think they say, this is year two, actually. We've got the calendar going, but last year was the year that the French Republic started on this date. Well, that's what they did with the Jesus calendar, too, right? They yeah, backdated it all sure. the way. Sure. sure. It's just like it's just like a check you know you can't cash. Year two is a bit of a problem. And, you know, if you put it in Roman numerals, it looks like 11. But right. they do tend to do the years in Roman numerals. And as a result, year two and year 11 looked a lot like each other, which was a little tricky. It's, it, you know, it only is a problem in year two and year five and then year 10. You notice with Super Bowls, it gets a little weird. Like it was Super Bowl XLIX, you know, 49. And then XLIX. XLIX. <laughs> Sponsored by XLIX, the official <laughs> lixative of the Super Bowl. But the next year, they did not go with Super Bowl L because some Roman numerals just look weird. Right. It was Super Bowl 50. Right. So at some point, the French would have had to grapple with the fact that some Roman numerals are more Roman than others. Um, well, right. And why are we celebrating those imperialists by using Roman numerals? Why didn't they come up with revolutionary numerals? Year one, every time a science fiction scenario has like a new dating system, it always seems really Orwellian to me. Like we have literally erased the past. Like every time you write the year, you've just erased thousands of numbers. Do you think there will be a time when futurelings date the beginning of time to the day the internet became self-aware or whatever, like there will, there will surely be an attempt to do this in the future. And in, in year 32, there was no way to know that they were already 32 years past year zero, right? It came much later. Yeah. So we might be living in a, in yeah, a we period. We might be in the, in the, the period that's about to go away. It's going to be backdated away. Or I'm thinking we might be in the period that we're in the very early days of the new calendar because it started when when ARPANET did some, I don't know, when Al Gore invented the internet. It started with the Google IPO. Yeah. This is Well, this is kind of the gimmick, and it's a bit of a joke in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. I don't know if you remember, but all the dates in the Brave New World future dystopia are measured AF, which is after Ford. They saw the automotive industry as the the beginning, the revolution that will reshape the future, and you know he wasn't wrong. Well, maybe it's when uh, when human beings first landed on the moon. Oh yeah, which will mean I'm born in the past times, and you're born in the new in the new era. I was born in year five, and I'm born in year negative one. 
Yeah, that was something. But presumably, if it's like the Christian era, by the time this is all decided, anybody who would be negative will be dead, right? Right. And they may like post-date me a little bit because I'm so important to the new era. <laughs> You'll get grandfathered in. get grandfathered in. I'm, I'm year zero. John too. was clearly <laughs> the forefront of the, the new era, even if he was asterisk a little older. It could be AF just like in Huxley, but it would be like after Fortnite. Right, or it could be AF like on the internet. It could be like new dates AF. <laughs> it is the year 60 AF. <laughs> the main thing they want to change is the names of the months. And this is this is kind of the craziest stuff. Because as, as we said, they've got gods, they've got absolute monarchs, both of which are out of fashion. They also have inaccurate numbers. I mean, does it bother you that sept, oct, nove, des are the abbreviations for 7910, but because of the new months added in Rome, these are now the... The uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th months. It does bother me. But, you know, so many things stick in my craw as I walk around. But this one, for a third of the year, (laughs) you've got to be like, come on. Because, I mean, do you have to do this? August is particularly problematic for me, but so is April. Do you have to, like, mentally count as you're writing dates on checks? Like, oh, it's August. Which one is that? Oh, it's like, right, September is 9, so... August is eight. Do you have to think? Yes, I do. I usually get it right. But then when I go back, I'm like, June June is six. I can do one through six. Yeah. But then at the end of the year, I'm like, yeah, the mid- for some reason, the middle is harder. I guess because you're counting from one and 12. April always screws me up for some reason. I don't know why. I always want to put five for April, even though I know five is May. I feel like I get the, my birthday's in May. And you write your own birthday a lot. When's your right. birthday? Uh, September. Okay. So, you, you know, you're good at the number you have to write a lot. Right. But my mom's birthday is in August. And somehow I... I struggle always to get to eight. I know, I know July is seven because seven is a magic number. Not, and therefore July, our nation's birthday. And the, the best month in a way, the nicest. Well, I guess, which do you think is nicer, is June very, or July? This is all very Northern Hemisphere centric. It's true. If People in, in New Zealand are like, ugh, July. If we're speaking to some kind of future marsupials who have cold weather in the what we think of as the summer months, they're going to be very upset. Tasmanian devils, I think, is who our audience is. <laughs> but they're literal devils. <laughs> like, like hell has come to earth, <laughs> and they're like on fire, and they have horns. <laughs> literal devils. They're dead Tasmanians who and, have come back and taken over the earth, and they were, they were terrible during their lives. Well, the thing is, weirdly, they showed up in Tasmania because they'd heard... It was like full of devils, and they were like, this has got to be our up? spot. This yeah. is the devil burhood. Where, where are they at? And they realized they were just like little wombats or uh, <laughs> ferrets. They're probably little. I, I, I cannot picture a Tasmanian devil. They're not as big as you might think. They're not like in the cartoons, because we all think of it as, a, <laughs> you know, yeah, whirling around like in a Looney Tunes. I think they're like uh, wolverines. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're badgers, maybe. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. They're Although pro- they have webbed feet. And, and pouches and all kinds yeah, of gross, mucusy secretions. Super, like at the tail of a beaver. Australia just takes normal animals and then they're like, but what if there was something super gross? What yeah. if there was a beak where there shouldn't be a beak? Yeah, what if we put the face of a duck on this beaver? <laughs> I like how we're blaming the Australians for this. And then they were like, hey, I know. Well, here's how evolution works. <laughs> So, Actually. so the French Revolution, the French Revolutionary Year, year two, the first year, of course, right. begins, which is already Orwellian doublespeak, begins right. on September 22nd. So, right. Two is the magic number. So I guess the new French universe is a Libra or a Virgo, whichever. Virgo, that is. <laughs> Virgo, Virgo. Yeah. Um, they come up with neologisms for the new month names. A, a playwright named Fabre Deglantine, who's a devoted follower of the revolution. In fact, when Marat is killed in the bath, he's the guy who takes over Marat's daily paper. He dreams up 
the new names, which are these. They, they come in seasons and they're themed. So there's three autumn months, which is when the year starts. The year now starts in autumn. I like that. It's how school calendars work. Right. As, a, as a dad, I am very into this idea. That, yeah. that everything should start in September when your kids go back to school. In a way, September is the best month. You've just come. You just come off your six feast days, right? You know the feast of uh, self worth and the feast of um, feasting and whatever the other four things are. Worth, right. Like the said. football season starts. Everybody, you know, you start wearing sweaters again. And so they have three months: Vendemiaire, Brumaire, and Freemaire. The autumn months all have the same suffix, which is true of all the other seasons. And each is kind of a new word that derives from a French word. Vendemiaire from grape harvest, brumaire from broom mist, freemaire from frost. <laughs> so, yeah, from the French for broomhilda. Because <laughs> it's October. Right. Broom. Perfect. Yeah. So these are all, uh, as you can see, they're all kind of nature-related. These are universal climate nature-y things that would happen in this month. And yet the French revolutionaries were not pagans. I mean, they weren't reintroducing paganism. Because, I mean, that all kind of smacks of, or potentially smacks of, a return to nature worship, which would have been not revolutionary. And it gets worse later because they try to take the saint's calendar and replace it with, a, you know, because every day had its own saint and a lot of customs were built around this. And they thought the only way to root that out would be to give every day its own plant. Wow. So it really does get kind of nature worshipy. But I guess they're just thinking, you know, we have a deistic God who has started the universe. He started the, like a watchmaker who started this, the progression of the seasons and the growth of the flowers and the cycle of the moisture. And so that's what we honor with these names, the implacable workings of the universe. Right. Um, winter, uh, the three months, December to February, are Nivos, Pluvios, and Ventos, snowy, rainy, and windy. Snowy, rainy, and the largest size of Frappuccino. Yeah, Ventos. I'll have a uh, I'll have a very windy Ventos. Spring and notice each each uh, season has a different set of suffixes. Spring is germinal, florial, and prairial. Oh, nice. Meaning you know uh, germinating seeds, flowers, and meadows. And then summer is mesidor, thermidor, and fructidor. Harvest, mm. heat, and fruit. So associations with the seasons. Right. Um, if you're in fruit month, you know. Not to hang out indoors, but go out and pick the bounty of cherries and tomatoes. So, for example, today, as we record this, in our early 21st century calendar, it's April 21st of the year 2019. Year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. Let's drop that in there. Let's make sure we leave him in. Don't take the Lord out of year of our Lord. No. That's the new Fox News thing. <laughs> They're going to want to go back to saying year of our Lord. Uh, but in, if the French Revolutionary calendar had succeeded, we would be, today would be the 5th of Floreal because we're here in early spring. In what year? Uh, the year CCXXVII, 227. 227. Like the 90s sitcom with, yeah, uh, with room Jack 227. A. <laughs> no, that's room 222. <laughs> this was five better. And uh, they loved this. So this was kind of, you know, to me, this seems kind of pretty, actually. This is kind of, they had poets and playwrights come up with a new calendar, and it's very nice. Snowy, rainy, windy. I'm sure people hanging out on a tennis court uh, yelling at each other think this is nice, but do the people think it's nice? Uh, it's widely criticized overseas, for example. You know, in England, making fun of the French Revolution was practically a full-time job. <laughs> Just as it is for me, too. <laughs> you know, my mom is still mad. And uh, an English writer named John Brady talks about the puerilities and absurdities of this new calendar. First, for one thing, he makes the very valid point that, uh, you know, these generalizations they're making, that, um, you know, winter is snowy, rainy, and windy, whereas summer is hot, harvest, heat, harvest and fruit. Uh, there's parts of 
France, where, you know, France is a big enough country that that some of those do not apply. You know, the on the Riviera, you're having very different seasons than you are by the Dutch border. Right, hardly snowy down in Marseille. Right. And, you know, so yeah, exactly. Brittany and, and the South are going to have very different seasons. And as well, France had, occup- had um, overseas territories at right. this point as well. So if you're expecting French Guiana or Tahiti to use these names, well, it's the fifth of snowy here in the jungle. <laughs> and it's the middle of summer, too. Right. Uh, but but puerile seems like uh, maybe a little bit overboard. Like there aren't any months, and I'm kind of surprised by this. There aren't any months. I mean, I guess spring has some fecundity words, but there's no like sex months. Oh, maybe he just means that it seems kind of sentimental and greeting cardy. Oh, when you could have these beautiful ancient names with thousands of years of heritage, do you really want to have Robert Frost poems? Do you really want to have rainy instead? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Like I think that's what he thinks. It's basic. And he also writes, John Brady writes today, some unknown British wit has come up with his own name for the French seasons. Wheezy, Sneezy, and Freezy. <laughs> for, uh, for, oh, that unknown British wit got me. He got me 200 years later. Slippy, drippy, and nippy in the winter. <laughs> then the spring would be showery, flowery, and bowery. And in the summer, hoppy, croppy, and poppy. So he's, I love it. He's owning the French with, oh, with perfect rhymes. Oh, they're pawned. And as I said, they went further than this. They Not only did they give each month a nature-themed name, they wanted to replace the saint's calendar so that every day of the year... Had a plant. Had a different plant. Well, mostly plants. So every 10 days is the decidi, the, the day off. And those are all agricultural tools. But no insect uh, days. Well, there are then every five days, so the the, the midpoint, the, your half day off of your week, those are named for a common animal from country life. And as I was looking at the list, it does look like there are a few insects. I remember there's cricket. Right. Um, I would much rather be like on fox day than on trout day. But that's maybe just my preference for furry Mammals. There actually is a trout day. Did you just make that up? I'm sorry to our pescatarian fr- or our pescatory friends. September first. September first would have been trout day. Think how exciting if you're if you're a sentient trout listening to this. Yeah. And you realize <clears throat> there was a day. September first. And I didn't mean to disparage it. You're just saying. Yeah, the future foxes are like yeah. <laughs> and then every other day is a plant. So it's kind of like a, some kind of weird farmer's almanac vibe when you go through. The year, and you and see are the, that, oh, oh, July 26th, that's the safflower. So are the plants of the saints, are they related to their season, seasonal plants? Like, you know, in the winter, you've got to have some, that's where your pines are, and maybe your... The one, so the one concession to that that's made is that between December and January, the, the nivos, the least sunny season of the year, instead of plants, there are minerals. Right. That's so good. So there's Gold copper day. day and tin day, tin day and zinc day. That makes sense. Would that really replace like, oh, here's St. Catherine. Here's the amazing life she lived. Here's the kid whose head she put back on. Here's it's how she tin day. recovered from drowning. Here's the, she's the patron saint of, of railroad engineers and uh, little boys whose pajama flaps are falling open. And now all you get is December 8th, zinc. Well, I mean, any revolutionary, like, overthrow of past traditions is really popular with zealots and maybe less popular with people that are just trying to go along to get along. And then you've got the vast majority of people who don't understand really the motivation for it and they like things the way they were, right? People are 
in the main, pretty change-averse. Right. That's why you get all the inertia where these top-down things, somebody in Beijing says, hey, we've got to do this. But by the time you get out to the provinces, everyone's like, I'm not doing that. But there is a certain amount of monitoring that goes on in a revolutionary society, right? So your zealotous neighbor is coming by on Trout Day with a basket of trout. If you bring somebody Valentine's Day cards, is really one of your neighbors going to be like, speaking up for the loudspeakers to hear. No, no, I'm sorry. February 14th is now Wode Day. Right. Please bring me some of that pale blue dye, Wode. I do not want these delicious candies. (laughs) It's my first anniversary. Bring me paper. Oh, my birthday is... (laughs) Exactly. It it feels like one of those made-up greeting card, uh, here's here's a list of gifts. My birthday is uh, Wild Celery Day. Oh, that that is fairly descriptive of you. You are a little bit of a wild celery. <laughs> that's what uh that's what the ladies say. Are you okay with your birthday being on the record? Your Uh yeah, let's hear it. September what? 13th. September. Well, that's first of all, that's almost the end of the year. Right. That right. would be right before the feasts of uh good health and uh carbonated beverages right. or whatever. Right. 10 10 days out, right? So this would yes. be a time of celebration. Uh you are goldenrod day. Oh, I'm Literally, golden rod. Golden Roderick. Yeah. Isn't golden rod like a... It's a, a sneezy... I was about uh, to say, it's a hay fever. It's sneezy, super, wheezy, and su- freezy. Super sneezy. I'm not into golden rod typically, but I would love to be referred to as golden rod. You'd look past the hay fever aspect of it? Yeah. I mean, my uh, my original email address all the way back in the 90s was hotrod at capitalhill.net. <laughs> I just wish it had been gold rod. Why did Capitol Hill have its own email server? There, there was a there was an internet uh, cafe on Capitol Hill that got CapitolHill.net owned by a friend of mine, and he was like, "You need an email address." You could have had hot rod at hotmail, and you didn't get it. No, could have. Today, today, by the way, uh, April twenty fourth, Rossignol, the day of the nightingale. Isn't that nice? Oh, wait. Oh, because Rossignol skis have a rooster as their logo. Is a Rossignol different than a Rossignol? Rossignol is just French for nightingale. Really? So the ski company is... Why do they have a freaking rooster as their logo? Why don't they have a nightingale? Here's the problem. They go to the graphic designer. They say, do a nightingale. nightingale, And he's like, I only know how to... It's like the kid in eighth grade that'll draw superheroes, but you can only draw Batman. I can only draw a rooster. I only know one bird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even a little crazier than this. So the, as, as you've implied, the calendar would be very hard to get to catch on. Right. But they classically overreach, they as, want a, as double, all tyrants do. <laughs> double down. And they also want decimal time. Uh-oh. So imagine this. 10-hour days <laughs> of, of 100-minute hours. Right. How long is a minute? 100 seconds. <laughs> So on the plus side, each day is 100,000 seconds, Yeah, that's which, is, a, which is very nice if you have OCD. This is incredible, actually. Unfortunately, the math is terrible. Right. Uh, one of their hours would be almost two and a half of ours. Uh, one of their minutes would be a minute and a half. And, one of their, and each second is a little too short. Right. So even if you've kind of internalized the ticking of a clock or whatever, nope. Have you always wanted to learn to play an instrument? Maybe you've even tried at some point, but gave up because you felt lessons were too expensive or that you just didn't have the time. Thankfully, there's Musician. Musician is the fun, easy, and affordable way to learn guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, and even singing. 
Just download the app to your desktop, tablet, or phone and start playing. Musician gives you 24-7 access to a vast catalog of video lessons from professionally trained educators, as well as thousands of exercises and songs across dozens of music genres, all tailored to your goals. And with Musician's award-winning technology that listens to you play, you'll get real-time feedback on timing and accuracy so you can actually see yourself improving as you learn. Start your extended 14-day free trial of Musician's Premium Plus package at musician.com start that's unlimited access to thousands of lessons exercises and songs on as many instruments as you want for two whole weeks just go to musician.com slash start that's y-o-u-s-i-c-i-a-n dot com slash start and this is a bridge too far you know with a new calendar really all you have to do is uh, you need a printing press but now you can give the people a new calendar let me ask there's no there's no uh christ or roman association with a 60 second minute and a 60 minute uh, hour is there they wanted to get rid of 420 so people would not smoke marijuana well i kind of agree with that or i guess it just makes 420 longer the thing is you get 90 seconds of 420 now in in seattle every day is 420 now every minute is 420 (laughs) I think this is just more of an idea of how this is crazy and not sciencey. This is just metrication, decimalization. Right, right, right. right. Why should we have 24, 60, 60? This is dumb when we could just have 10, 100, 100. But of course, then you need a whole new clock industry. Every single clock is now wrong. Although this is a burgeoning time for clocks, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're a clockmaker, think of the government contracts you would get. Like, suddenly they're going to need 100,000 new, 100,000 second clocks. The late, government late 1800s, the clock technology was booming. So it could be done, but you'd also, you'd have a, you just have thousands of obsolete clocks. Every single clock in the kingdom, it's not a kingdom, every single clock in the Republic is wrong. Well, I mean, when people, when futurelings look back, <clears throat> I'm sorry to keep uh, normalizing our, you as people. Our calendar. Uh, but when people look, uh, I did it again. When organisms look back. When futurelings look back at our time, uh, they may say that we also are living in the, era of obsolete clocks. I mean, you and I, in trying to time this episode, had to go find my retro clock off of the wall in the back of the house and bring it forward just to have a, there are hardly any actual I have clock a little cl- I have a little clock on the narrow part of my arm right. that I am never without. A I little to, Mickey Mouse I have to clock. put it off and on several times a day, which just seems nuts. A society that didn't have these, you would be the worst kind of eccentric. Hey, look at that guy. He's got a little clock on He's his arm. He's got a little clock. What's his deal? I, I've, I've taken to wearing three wristwatches. They're all swatches, though, so it's a cool look. Is it so you can pull down your cuff and be like, hey, buddy, <laughs> are they all fake Rolexes? Yeah, want to buy an Ann? Fake Rolexes? And, you know, obviously changing times would change every aspect of life. Like, you can get away with changing the days of the week, and really, what have you messed up? Like, how would our lives be different if weeks were 10 days? Yeah. The New I'm Yorker gonna, would come a little less often and you wouldn't feel so guilty that you were behind. I'm going to have to ask you to work on Saturday. <laughs> Except Saturday is work on like Desidy. 49 hours long. Uh, yeah, but all the if, if you change minutes, that's when the people really are like, hold on, hold on, hold right, on. Because right, right. that affects railroad schedules. And I mean, if you did that in our day, th- everything would have to change from the way DVRs work to the way CPR instructions are given. Like, you need seconds, minutes, and hours to be seconds, minutes, and hours, or society kind of fails. Well, this butterfly effect is, I mean, not, listen, I love Bernie Sanders. I introduced him at, at an event. I had no idea there was going to be so much Bernie on, I this, know. on well, this podcast. And I didn't, I wasn't even the one who brought up his name. But let me just say that, like, this reverberative effect of, of revolutionary change, like, if you really did eliminate college tuition, it doesn't just stop there. 
right? It has repercussions kind of throughout the system. It is a butterfly effect in every case when you walk in and arbitrarily institute a, a change that's that big. Which entry did we talk about this in? Because we were talking about your your run for city council and how you learned that people really just wanted, politicians just wanted politics to be reliable. Right. They not actually They do not care if you have good ideas. They just want to know how you're going to vote each time. They actively dislike yeah. good ideas. Yeah. And you're not wrong that a lot of these sweeping changes that get, you know, all of them are more complicated than the one sentence thing or the one paragraph thing on Elizabeth Warren's webpage. Right, because then it's like, uh, and let, let's not just zoom in on uh, on one side of the political aisle. It's true across the board, but... Sure, both, getting, getting rid of the income tax would also be right. a foundational thing for America. Both sides, Ken. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the idea that you can institute reform, I mean, it's so appealing to people. All we need to do is just change the number of minutes or change the length of minutes, and all of a sudden everything right. will be better. And you just have a, you know. And have then, you thought about the thousand of different yeah. things so, you've messed up by changing the length of a minute? Somewhere in a maternity ward somewhere, a child is starving to death because nobody, or, you know, when Boeing outsourced manufacturing of some of their components to uh, Italy, there's a famous incident where they got a huge shipment of extremely important parts, and somebody had just not transposed it, or had transpose the numbers directly into metric numbers rather than... So they were centimeters instead of inches. Yeah, so they got all these parts and they were just completely wrong. Well, I mean, just imagine a tiny little missized Stonehenge megalith lowering <laughs> onto your face forever. That's what it's going to be like in some of these revolutions. No one knows who they were or where they came from. Fabre d'Eglantine uh, did not live to see his calendar in action for very long, like many of the geniuses behind the revolution. He was arrested January 12, 1794, or as he would have preferred it, the 23rd of Nivos. Uh, that's uh, that's the day right before my sister's birthday. Oh, it's also iron, which is, I guess, an appropriate day for this guy to get put in cuffs. Oh, the, the iron throne. And he was, right. And he was, no, they don't have thrones anymore. And he was sent to the <laughs> right. guillotine on April 5th, 1794, which would have been the 16th of Germinal. Lettuce, oh, which again, it's a good day to, it's a <laughs> good day to lose, lose your, your head. head. Yeah, it's a perfect day to lose your head. So he lived to see less than a full year of his new calendar. Gilbert Rome, the mathematician who dreamed up the math behind the new calendar, stabbed himself to avoid the guillotine a year later. As you know, so many of the architects of the revolution were, a, were the victims of the revolution. A little bit of a Hermann Goering move. Yeah. <laughs> Is that aspirational? <laughs> I don't know. WWHGD. If somebody's going to hang you tomorrow... I'm not sure what, you know, this whole business of killing yourself at night to deprive them of the satisfaction, that's pretty small. It's also making a janitor do a lot of work. Yeah. Why like, not get up on the... Don't leave a mess in your hotel room. Get up on the platform and, and give like a Saddam Hussein speech at the end. <laughs> but the calendar was, um, the calendar lasted for about a decade longer than its creators, but it, it was having troubles. By 1802, the problem with uh, not having a... Sabbath, a, a reliable full day off every seven days, was really getting to the peasants. And the government agreed to replace the, deca the decades, the decades back with weeks. And in 1806, Napoleon finally uh, swept it away. Ironically, the most famous date in the revolutionary calendar is probably the 18th of Brumaire, the day Napoleon took the throne and the day the calendar went away. It was its own death date. That's a really interesting because the early years of Napoleon... Uh, we're operating under the French calendar? I had no idea. I mean, 
by the time he invaded Russia, it would have been, they would have gone back to the Julian calendar. So that must have been. It would have been so tricky in the, uh, in the thing, like, okay, we're going to launch a counter-strike in 90 minutes. Uh, do you mean 90 revolutionary minutes <laughs> or 90 ancien regime minutes? Are those bad? Ancien regime. So we've talked about what kind of calendar the people of the, the, the people, I did it again, the there biota of the future might have. Right. Uh, the the sentient uh, mucus covered marsupial upside down people of the future. Um, you said people again. Yeah, they're marsupial people though. Oh, if you modify it, if you mod- <laughs> marsupi sales, if you modify it with another animal, it's okay, right? Roach well, people. I don't know. Do you walk into a room of of mixed gendered people and say, "Hey guys," I kind of do. Yeah, I know. Me too. Oh, I'm the worst. Ouch. But we, ass- I can assume that the people listening to us millions of years hence, will have a different calendar. If nothing else, I mean, Julius Caesar may not be relevant to them anymore, but also uh, the astronomical inputs will change as well in the distant future. Oh, curious. Uh, We will not always have the same length of day, for example. The Earth will always take 365 days and a bit, a quarter, to go around the sun. That's not likely to change much over a period of time in which there could be life on Earth. But the length of the day might change. We've recently been able to see, we've looked at uh, fossilized coral mm-hmm. polyps. Coral uh, polyps. You're, you're, you're referring to the universal we, not you and I have not yet. No, I mean me Look. and my family, me and the kids. Oh, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we meaning the human race. I wonder what you did on vacation. We were looking at coral polyps. Yeah. Coral grows a new little layer of uh, calcium carbonate every day. Oh. And it'll grow more on days with more sun and warmer temperatures. So you can, you can see the procession of the seasons. Coral is a lot busier than I thought. Do, you, you feel like there are days when you do not do that much? Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not, I, I, there are days when I lose a layer. I do make a little layer of myself every day, but it's mostly kind of grime and oil. Mm-hmm. It's not mineral. What that means is you can look at a coral fossil and actually see the year because you can see the sunlight and temperature cycles of the new layer, the new molecules of... Uh, calcium carbonate that it added, lime, limestone that it added every day and therefore every year. And as a result, we now believe that a day during the Silurian period, like maybe 400 million years ago, was a year of about 422-hour days. 422-hour days. Sorry, 400 days of 22 hours apiece. Right. Oh, interesting. So more days, but shorter. More days, but shorter. So shorter work days, I guess, but also a shorter night's sleep. Oh, right, because it takes 365 and 24, a quarter, 24-hour 24 24 days, days yeah. but you would have 422 Yeah, the period days. of the Earth going around the sun is not going to change just because the Earth is spinning faster or Right, slower. but the number of days goes up and down, and so it appears that the number of hours go up and down. So if that is true, then we're, listening, we're speaking to an audience that probably does not have a 365 They have a 340-day day year. year. It's probably getting slower. Huh. Uh, do we have any recommendations for what they should name their... 300 and odd days after? How many Sabbaths are there? Maybe they could name them after episodes of Omnibus, right? Maybe we should get up to 350 odd uh, episodes and then just shut it down. Well, we're only up to 149 right now, which would be perfect for your two-month year. Sure. And that concludes the French Revolutionary Calendar. Entry 500.EX1202, certificate number 44270, in the Omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event 
that social media still exists in your 340-day year. I guess the Beatles song would be 11 days days a decade instead of eight (laughs) days a week in the French Revolution. Right. Does that matter? It doesn't scan. 11 days a week. Maybe you only love the person eight days a week, and then you have like three days to... Get your chores done. You can't love anyone during a, a perfect scientific revolution. Oh, that's right. You can, um, you can sh- choose to mate with them right. to produce hardy offspring, but there's no romantic love. <sighs> You're singing it, sister. <laughs> uh, anyway, futurelings, uh, we can only assume that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are on the garbage pile of history. The first thing to be swept away in the next revolution. Covered in many layers of calcium carbonate. But That's I'll, what I do every day, by the way. I build a layer of tweets around myself. I know you do. <laughs> you can measure my productivity by going back in time and looking at my number of tweets per day. A layer of funny tweets that keep people from really knowing the real Ken You Jennings. can see summer. Yeah. <laughs> keep people out. You can see summer. My kids are home from school, so more tweets. More tweets. To get away from them. That are less funny. <laughs> uh, you can see our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram posts from a time when we had a lot of extra time on our hands by not working regular jobs. Uh, those are all archived at Omnibus Project. Remember, John and I do not have regular jobs. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Uh, and a lot of, you know, I, I've discovered the last few episodes, we've been releasing our episodes late in the afternoon. And a lot of people have written in to complain because they listen to Omnibus in the morning on their way to work. Well, again, that's a problem with a 24-hour day. That's right. 22-hour day, maybe everything shakes up. Maybe everything's better. Well, sure. 100-hour minutes or 100-minute hours. <laughs> this episode, <laughs> finally, we would have hour-long episodes. <laughs> every, minute, every minute of the day is 100 hours long. Uh, you can see some of these hilarious um and obfuscating tweets at Ken Jennings and at John Roderick. I enjoyed your tweet this week about how, uh, you're just trying to get out of this episode, but yeah. I enjoyed your tweet about how uh, love songs should be more honest. Yeah. It's, it's not I'll love you forever. It's like, you're, you're, you're pretty good, although you could be 10% better. I wish you were 10% better. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> There's a market for that. <clears throat> there really is. I mean, I say it all the time. I call it out all the time. Look, I'm not going to be 20% better. So just stop thinking about it. I can see it behind your eyes. If only I lost 10 pounds and except, was slightly nicer. Except people are listening to the Twitter-pated love songs to escape from these feelings in their real lives. Right, right? that's true. So it's just like, I should have knew, baby. Uh, you can email us at theomnibusproject at gmail.com. We didn't get hotrod at hotmail.com or, or goldenrod at hot, hotmail. Hotrod, if you're listening, please sell us your hotmail address. Um, You can mail us things at P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155. Here's a fun thing that came. Uh, A a future listener named Celeste sent us Blabberings, her self-published memoir of uh, funny stories from her hometown of Dothan, Alabama. Oh, thank you, Celeste. We we both will crack it open and... We now have 91 pages worth of folksy homespun... Dothan, Alabama anecdotes. We'll leave the light on for you. Uh, Also, please join our Futurelings group on Facebook, the Omnibus Futurelings, uh, for lots of strenuous debate over whether the word panties is acceptable in polite society. You just said it again. Panties. They can't tell you're saying it in quotes. It's as bad to them as if you're actually saying it. Moist. 
disappointment. <clears throat> you know what word I don't like? Crave. You don't like crave? I find crave to be cringy, and I've never met anyone else who thinks so. What do you feed But here's your cat? the thing. I don't go on the internet and say, hey, stop saying crave on your podcast. What do I feed my cat? My kitty cat craves chicken. My kitty cat craves milk. My kitty cat craves tuna. And my kitty cat craves crave. It's crave with a K, right? Is it? No. Oh, it's not? K- crave with a K? <laughs> does that seem like white nationalist? It does. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what you feed your little cat with a Hitler mustache. Of which there are surprisingly so many. Yeah, our uh, my sister's neighbor has a little cat that looks exactly like Hitler. Does he have Does he have the bangs? Does the cat like swoop his bangs over to the side? Uh, no, but he did annex Poland. Oddly, interesting that you would use the word annex there. Seems like you're a little bit of an apologist. <laughs> it wasn't an invasion. <laughs> I think we would say invasion. He had every right. <laughs> no, you're right. It was not an annexation. That sounds too legal. Uh, this may be your last chance to order one of our fine Omnibus Project shirts. If you were listening to this in a prompt fashion, this is probably the last day when we made these two fine shirt designs available. Please buy an Omnibus shirt uh, because Ken and I are both living in abject poverty. And also we want to see you out in the world. We, You know, if you if two Omnibus listeners are coming through the rye, you're probably already going to recognize each other because you're both ichthyologists or whatever. You both have <laughs> the same number of tentacles. <laughs> but another way to know one another in the streets and in the sheets is by the fact that you would be both wearing omnibus t-shirts. Do not send photos of you in the sheets doing anything in your omnibus t-shirts. So go to Cotton Bureau slash people slash omnibus and order your shirt today. If you're listening in the far future, you have missed the sale by several million years. Also, we did not have t-shirts with uh, like eight tentacle openings, so it would have you would have felt disparaged. We assume bilateral symmetry and we apologize for that privilege. Listeners, from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. But if the worst comes soon, if our calendar too comes to an end, then this recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word to you. But if providence allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omnibus. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.